Jonathan, who are you texting? Who are you texting, Jonathan? Give me your phone. What? What are you doing? Good golly gee, Willikers, give me back my phone, Becky. What do you mean, Jonathan? If you're not texting anyone or you're not up to anything suspicious, just let me see your phone. Get, you, you can't have my phone. Give me back my GD phone. No, I want to see what's in your phone. I want to see what's in your phone now. Hey, hey, what's going on back there? I don't want any arguing in my cab. You, you, this, this has nothing to do with you. This is about my phone. Becky, give me my phone. You've been drinking. You're, you're not, you're not yourself when you drink. Give me my phone. Give it to me now. No, Jonathan. You know what, Jonathan? Screw you and this phone. It's going out the window. Becky, don't. It's going out of the window in five, four, three. No, no, I don't want any trouble. I don't want trouble in my cab. You're not throwing my phone out. Give me my phone. Give me It's tasty. Too tasty. Listen, y'all gonna get this podcast. Like I told y'all, the beginning of these playoffs. This podcast ain't going nowhere. When speaking of celebrities, meaning actors, musicians, artists, athletes, etc., it will only be in relation to real life and how I may apply celebrity situations to real life situations. Tasty Topics is not a celebrity gossip podcast. Any celebrity business discussed on my podcast would be after it has already been made public. I'm not here to create or spread rumors with no proof or merit. Yeah. Hey, hey, tasters. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to my table. Look, how you doing? How you been? I've only been away from my listeners for a week and it feels like a month. Tasters, how many of you all have ever seen that meme about when you go away on a vacation and when you get back to your job, you don't remember how to do your job? That's kind of sort of how I feel um, getting back on this hot mic right now for another tasty topic. So I hope you all enjoyed that skit because if you don't know, you're going to know. Um, that skit is regarding the actor, Jonathan Majors, who was just arrested this weekend in my city after a drunken interaction with his girlfriend in Brooklyn, New York in a taxi cab. After leaving a bar together. And um, that's why I put the disclaimer out. Because Jonathan Majors is a celebrity. He is the one. And I felt like it would be um, so phony of me to not talk about this. It's a hot topic. So apparently Mr. Jonathan Majors is dating a woman. And um, she was going through his phone. Which is what the skit was about. Or trying to go through his cell phone. And that skit was just my interpretation of what may have happened in the backseat of that cab. And just to let you know, tasters, as of this recording, episode 67, apparently she has, um, as they said, reneged, rescinded, uh, revoked the charges, dropped the charges, and is no longer claiming... I don't know the details, but 
Apparently, she took it all back. She called 911 on the man. I don't know if they were waiting outside their hotel for him or dragged him out the cab, whatever. But, like, my man, Alex Rogers from Pop Roast on YouTube says, once you squeeze toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in. So anyway, according to a story, I'm going to keep it brief. Actor Jonathan Majors was arrested Saturday in New York City following an alleged domestic violence incident, police said. New York City police said the Creed Three actor was arrested when officers responded to a 911 call shortly after 11 a.m. for an alleged domestic dispute. At an apartment in the city's Chelsea neighborhood. See, now we're getting other details. Allegedly, okay, so the fight started in the taxi cab. Okay, a 30-year-old woman told police she had been assaulted. Officers placed Majors 33 into custody. The woman claimed Majors struck her about the face with an open hand, causing substantial pain and a laceration behind her ear. A criminal complaint was filed in the incident. Hmm. She also alleged that Majors grabs her hand, put his hands on the neck, caused swelling, bruising, and substantial pain to her neck and hand. Majors' attorney denied the allegations, saying the evidence would prove the act is innocent. Anyway, that's where my disclaimer came in. So, um, again, apparently, allegedly, the story that was being told is that they got into a fight in the backseat of a taxi cab after leaving a bar. Most people don't leave bars at 11 a.m. Now, I'm taking it that they left this bar, went home, still argued about it. Maybe he popped off the, the house and then she called 911. But again, that article was written before the charges were dropped. Um, I just brought all of this up to say, um, I don't want to say who gives a fuck. And I don't want to get nasty about the fact that apparently it's not a black woman that he was with a white woman. You know, his girlfriend's white. But um, I don't know how to feel. One thing I am going to say is I was never a Jonathan Majors fan. I got to be honest with you. Me and my uh, one of my cousins was having a talk. And she asked, she was like, well, what did he play in? Honestly, I don't know. I was wrong. I thought he was in Wakanda Forever because I didn't see that movie. And she's like, Wakanda Forever? Wasn't he in Creed 3? Okay, Creed 3, I guess. I didn't see Creed 3. I also looked it up. He was in that Ant-Man series. Never seen it. Um, What was that? Lovecraft Country that used to come on? I think it was a HBO series. Never fucked with it. I watched one episode of Lovecraft Country. I'm sorry, I was disgusted. I just It just didn't do anything for me. I don't care what anyone thinks. This is my show, and I did not enjoy Lovecraft Company. Lovecraft, you, yeah. The, the Lovecraft show by H.P. Lovecraft. And I have my own opinions on why I had no interest in um, Lovecraft Country. Because um, H.P. Lovecraft, if you can look him up, I do a lot of reading and research, was a blatant racist. He actually not only did not like black people back in his days when he was coming up, I guess during those early 1900s or whatever, the, what they said, the early aughts. Is that the 1900s? I don't know. I'm fucking up. Either way, it was during the black and white days. The four color pictures before um, when people were still riding around in horse-drawn wagons. H.P. Lovecraft was writing. And outside of writing um, science fiction, he was writing shit about niggas. Because that's what he referred to us as. And he didn't like us. 
He didn't like us. He thought that we were strange. He basically felt that blacks were some sort of oddity that could basically be studied under a microscope like laboratory animals. So, yeah, it, I thought it was rather strange that HBO would start a series and call it Lovecraft Country based on H.P. Lovecraft's writings and use blacks as the main characters when that absolutely would have never happened in any of his books. But anyway, I digress. We're not talking about H.P. Lovecraft. We are talking about Jonathan Majors. And the reason why this was a big deal to me, because it seems like this young man was the one. He was the chosen fella. The black male du jour. I see a couple of weeks ago, what was he? Did a big Valentine's Day spread in Ebony Magazine. Um, went in all this pink and lace with his chest showing and all the women were just going crazy. Oh, he's so fine with his big fine ass and his big old wide nose and his caramel skin. I got to be honest with you. I did not find anything attractive about those pictures people were sending them to my dms and stuff and i would hit you know hit it with a thumbs up like okay i see you jonathan majors but i never found him attractive it just he never did it for me he's not my type not my speed i ain't nothing wrong with the man but he wasn't nothing that i was falling down and rolling all over the ground for just like his um so-called bestie from creed um michael b jordan i was never a michael b jordan fan not of his looks i never looked at michael b jordan and said oh my god if i had a celebrity that i could spend one night with oh it would be that Michael B. Jordan. No, he was never at the list. He was never at the top. Like I said, I have wet dreams about um big, strong, uh, tall, wild men like LeBron James. But um, anyway, so um, yeah, Jonathan Majors was the man of the moment. You know, everybody's loving him and fawning over him. And it was just very interesting to see the divide. You know, you had women that were just jumping, especially black women, just to his defense, just because they think that he's fine and sexy. Then you had women who were just posting all of his pictures with him in Valentine's garb with his chest showing and his, you know, his, I guess his little, what you call it, little dick print spread out all over the magazine who were like, I don't care. I, I believe women first. And again, like I said, I just brought it up because this is a very big deal. Only God knows what's to happen from here. But one thing that I have noticed with men, especially black men in Hollywood, once you are accused of anything involving assault on a woman, be it sexual, be it, um, just physical, going upside her head, laying hands, even yelling and screaming or calling a woman out of her name. That is career suicide. I have not seen any man, especially a black man, come back from that. Whether the charges were dropped, whether the claims were denied. If it's happened where a black man has survived that, please show me. Tell me. Because I haven't seen it. And I, I mean, I guess we can all pretty much say rest in peace to this man's career already i saw a post that he was doing ads for the u.s army and they already removing his ads but it was claimed that his so-called girlfriend dropped the charges not only just dropped the charges but took back the allegations and i didn't know that you could do that now i can i understand dropping charges on someone but is that the same as Going back on your word. I thought dropping charges meant, you know what, whether this person did it or not, I don't want to go forward with this. 
Isn't that what it means to drop charges? It doesn't necessarily mean this person didn't do anything to me. They're not guilty, right? And if I'm not right, again, I can handle it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let you know. Talk to me about it. Taste it. Send it to me. MizIronBox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Now, let's talk about my mentors. My mentors. Yeah, that's enough about Jonathan Majors. You know, it's really a sad thing. I'm I'm not excited about the um, death of a black man's career or reputation in any way, shape, or form. I don't care who he's dating. But I would advise, and this is not um, new advice, black men, you got to be more careful. You know, there were people getting on black women because a lot of black women were saying, mm, that's them Becky's always calling the cops. You know, you had a couple of people saying, oh, that's black women's problem that we just accept domestic violence and don't call the cops. I don't think it was about that. There was a young lady who made a comment. It's not that we don't call the cops, but honestly, we do know as per um, recent events in the last few years that on record publicly, white women do have a history of, and I'm not speaking about this one in particular, just generally exaggerating charges, claims. We have footage of white women on video if you walk past them or brushed past them and said something to them. Remember the dude in Central Park who said something to the white woman that was walking a dog and she was on camera yelling and screaming, oh my God, this man, he's trying to attack me. It's black man trying to attack me. The man wasn't trying to attack her. I think he was just... Asking her to curb her dog or maybe her dog was just jumping and leaping and acting wild and he said something and she went nuts with it. And eventually um, she got into trouble for it. You know, they were even talking about having a law of using the name. You know how they call white women who exaggerate charges and claims they call them Karens. And they were talking about actually in implementing a Karens law into actual effect. Where, you know, there would be a description of what makes a Karen and how a Karen's law is applied and how you could get in trouble for being a Karen and um, breaking those laws regarding non-white men. But this is just a shame that we live in a society and a world that we should even have to come up with shit like that. But like I said, black men, you need to watch yourselves. Be careful. And, you know, I understand you, you like who you like, you love who you love, but, you know, it, it can be said, you, you can have the dream that we're all the same. You know what they say, you cut us open, all our blood runs red, but how do your heart beat? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what does your soul say? You know, you think you're just jumping and leaping into bed with these non-black women and everything is hunky-dory, okie-dokie, and it ain't the case. And history and incidences has shown us time and time again that just jumping in bed with white women and, and thinking that you're going to be their boyfriends and their lovers and their husbands, it ain't as easy as you think. That's the kind of love you got to study for like it's a college course. You don't have to like that I said it, but I'm saying it. Know your people. You want to start dating outside your race? This applies to all races outside of black. If you happen to be a black person, know your people. Don't just think that you just so fine, men and women, and so chocolatey and looking so good and, you know, so seductive that these other races are just falling for you. And that's just that. It ain't that cut and dry. I'm sorry that it's not, but it's not. And anyway, if anyone was wondering where that voice came from, that's another thing that turned me off about him. I'd actually never heard the man speak. So when they were doing all of these awards ceremonies lately, like red carpet, like Emmys, Oscars, everything was back to back. Jonathan Majors 
was on the mic a couple of times. And when he opened his mouth, I was like, that's how that man's voice sounds? I was shocked. He was giving me Ned Flanders. How many of my tasters were Simpsons watches back in the days? Remember Ned Flanders, the next door neighbor? He was just so wholesome and he never cussed or got angry. And when he did pop his top once or twice, that, that, that was how he sounded. Damn near like the lady in misery. Remember like, oh, you dirty birdie. She would never call you a stupid motherfucker, but you would be a dirty birdie. Remember when Ned Flanders is like, gee, God, gobbly, gobbly. He didn't never say, God damn it, but that's what he meant. <laughs> well, anyway, like I said, enough about Mr. Majors. You know, I wish him all the best. Um, let's talk about my mentals, my mentals. I want to shout out to, um, uh, again, my listener, Taster, who's a dedicated listener, but uh, for suggesting that I talk to my tasters about their mentals. So what's going on with you all, tasters? How What's affecting your mentals lately? How are you? Are you doing well? Are, are you doing poorly? You want to talk about it? You want to send me a Gmail about it? Looking for some, you know, just somebody to talk to or some advice? Hit your girl up. You can even hit me in the DM because we all go through shit, you know? And um, another thing that is fucking with my mentals, I'm just so um meticulous when it comes to having all my eyes dotted and my T's crossed usually with my lineup of episodes. A lot of you don't know that. I may have spoken about it once, but my subject matter, even though my words come from my heart, a lot of the things that I have is written down. Like Erica Badu said, and I mentioned this before, start writing things down. Write shit down, get shit done. Watch it all happen. You know, manifesting and prayer works, but you definitely need to write. And I don't mean saving things in your memo pad and your files in your phone. Like, get a pen and some paper, a little notebook. Well, anyway, I misplaced my little notebook this weekend. Hopefully, it'll be returned to me. Um, that was a part of my mentals as well. I just did a recording of my boy Llama from Views of the Next. It was his 100th episode and he was in the hot seat. So it was myself and a young woman called Tasha Talks A Lot. You can look her up on Instagram. We tag teamed Llama and um, we got his story. Because if you all don't know, you should know and you should listen. Follow Views of the Next. It's an excellent podcast. It's a place where people come to tell stories about an ex that had a big impact on their life. And the reason that he started views of an ex was because of an ex he was heartbroken and this was his therapy and that's all that i'm gonna give but anyway i um had a bunch of notes written down my next few episodes everything put together and in going back and forth between the you know the podcast with llama and just in just transit i, I lost my notebook so again, I hope it's returned to me. I hope that I actually left it in the studio where we did his 100th episode. If not, you know, I'll be okay. So anyway, um, that's my mentals. That's one of the things that's fucking with me. And again, tasters, how are you all doing mentally? Um, I like that the weather's changing. It's not as cold as it was. You know, we're getting a couple of nice days. The only thing I can't deal with, it's like, it's always so, like, rainy. It's like when we do get a halfway decent day, it starts to rain. What they said, the only thing I've read, it, it was a poem that I read years ago, a portion of a poem. And I don't know who said it, but the person said, when it rains, the only thing you can do is let it rain. You know, you can't, why well, fuss about the rain? So, but the whole Jonathan Major story, and speaking of, 
choking and strangling because that was initially the charge that was brought against him. That that's what was made public, like hours after the incident happened. That he was accused of strangulation and all of this other shit. Um, it ties in to today's tasty topic. Is it kink or cringe or criminal? Let's talk about it, tasters. So what I wanted to get into is BDSM. How many of my tasters are into it? I'm not judging. I'm just curious. I've had one or two experiences with BDSM. If you're not familiar with the letters, here goes. BDSM stands for bondage, dominance, sadism, masochism. You know, you got people that run around and they say the letters, but I always wonder, do you know what the letters mean? So, Let's go through the BDSM alphabet. B, again, is for bondage. D, for dominance. S, for sadism. M, for masochism. Bondage, if you know, or if you don't know, is when you like to be tied up or tied down. Or when you enjoy tying people up. You know, restraining them. Whether it's with handcuffs or whips or chains or duct tape. Just making it so that a person cannot move about freely. I even saw, um, I used to watch the show Pose. Remember the series on FX? And there was a gentleman that one of the ladies of Pose was dating in the show that actually enjoyed the part of bondage where he couldn't move about at all. Like he would pay this woman to lock him in a box for a whole weekend in his beautiful, fabulous beachfront property and just leave him there tied up and inside a box and she would do it so yeah how's that for bondage i guess that's bondage in the extreme now dominance let's talk about that um the short form of the word is dom like you'll hear people saying that they are doms or that they have a dom that's when you are basically the sir or the master or the mistress in a kink relationship because these are all this is all kink and um yeah, you're the one who it's on you to be catered to. You feel like you are sitting on the throne because you are the dominant one or you like to be dominated in the dominance portion of it. You like a person to walk you, you know, walk you like a dog or make you crawl or tell you what to do. I have to answer to a person's commands, be it sexual or not. Sadism. Now, a sadist is someone who enjoys, uh, gets a sexual thrill or some type of orgasmic feeling from applying pain, pain and pressure, making a person feel pain. But again, it's supposed to be orgasmic, not just knocking somebody's teeth out and, and making them hurt. I mean, but that's extreme sadism. We're going to talk about that, too. But that ain't what I mean right now. Again, like I said, sadism, it's like when people, again, like enjoy pain from you know giving someone pain that would bring them to orgasm um it makes them feel good to make people feel pain masochism is a person who actually enjoys pain they enjoy the thrill and the rush of a painful moment like i said whether it involves sex or not so that's the four letters the bdsm and the reason why I keep saying whether it's sexual or not, I learned in my one or two experiences with BDSM that in a true, especially a dom relationship, 
with a dominant and a submissive, that's another portion of BDSM. If someone's a dom, you usually have a submissive that submits to you. It doesn't always have to end in sex of any sort. You can actually be in a, a, a BDSM relationship or have a dom where, again, they're just, you know, dog walking you or they keep you tied up or they sit you in the corner and tell you to shut up and not move. If you all don't know, there's a movie from quite a few years back called The Secretary that really dives into that territory. Oh, that movie was sexy. There's a young lady, the star of the movie. Oh, I can't remember her name off the top, but the point of the movie is a young lady, she's like a paralegal for a law firm, and she, um has a crush on one of the top attorneys at the firm, I think. And she's trying to show him, like, I want to be a sub for you. And it's like, I don't know, like, she kind of read that he was into that. Just I'm talking about just from his aura, because he never actually came out and said it. So for a while, he was acting like he really wasn't into her. And then they just got into this kinky, just... It was nuts, this relationship where, again, he was the dom, she was the submissive, and it was an extreme. I think there was one portion of the movie where he left her in the office on her knees all weekend and just ordered her to stay there. And she actually did it. I'm talking about too, she was shaking, she was hungry, didn't get up to go to the bathroom or anything. But again, like I said, these are situations in the extreme. Now, speaking about extremes... Once again, I'm not judging. When it comes to BDSM, there should be three letters that you always remember. SSC. And I got this from listening to another podcaster that I'm into. Her name is Julia Pensavalli from the True Crimes podcast. She says the three letters that you should know, SSC, meaning safe, sane, and consensual. That's what every BDSM situation should have going on. It should, again, feel safe. You definitely need to be dealing with somebody sane. They should be in their right mind. And it needs to be consensual. Let's talk about it. What should BDSM feel like? It should make you feel wonderful. It should make you feel great. When you do decide to delve into that world of chains and whips and handcuffs and pins and needles or whatever that may have you, you should feel great about it. It should be a territory that when you are exploring it, or if you are already seasoned, you should feel great about it every time. It, it should make you, how can I explain it? Like it should just be like your thing, like something that you're into. And they, when she was talking about consensual, make sure that whoever you're engaging with, that they are people that you can trust. You know, you can't just be spreading your ass out and letting everybody tie you up. You know, what's that crazy movie from back in the days with Robert De Niro? Remember um, Cape Fear? Do you all remember that movie? He went out on a date. He was a, um, a convict who got let out of prison after a stint. And he had a, a thing against his lawyer. He was out to kill his lawyer. And he was just out in the world trying to pretend to be a regular person. But he was an absolute maniac. Anyway, there was a part in that movie where he went out on a date with a woman and they were having a good time and he got her home. She thinking they're going to have this wild sex and he starts to tie her up and he almost beat the woman to death. So you got to remember when you're engaging in BDSM, you can't just be doing it with and for anyone. 
But because you got a lot of people out here who will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm down. I'll try it. And they don't know how far to go. They don't ain't never done it before, have no experience. And they're bringing their inexperience to the bedroom or, or, or the, the whatever, the wall or the floor with you. And you don't need that. Um, as far as saying, again, you got to be dealing with people in their right mind. There's a lot of people out here that are totally out of their minds. And if you get to know them, you'll see that. And you will see why you should not trust that person to handcuff you or tie you up or lock you in a room or just do anything wild to you and consensual. Everything that happens with BDSM and kinky play, it should be within your consent. Your partner's consent or whoever, if it's two or three of you, it should all be determined. This is what we're going to get into. This is what's okay. This is not okay. That's where the safe word comes from. So what happens with a safe word, if you don't know tasters, like you may feel like you thought you could handle something and it's getting too much. You know, it's, it's getting a lot of control. It's going past a level 10. And it's like, that's why I remember the joke from back in the day, pineapples. Like anything can be a safe word. Your, your safe word could be glass. It, it, it could be shoe. Like, you know, you, you're with a man and he's giving it to you, doing whatever he's doing, hitting you with the paddle on your booty. And now he's going a little too hard with it. You know, you got your hands behind your back, a blindfold on the whacking away at you and starting to hurt and you don't like it um uh, shoes <laughs> shoes motherfucker and you shouldn't have to say it more than once so again what it should feel like kinky play it should feel wonderful it should feel like something that you want to discuss with your girlfriends in a group chat something that you want to write about in your journal when you close your eyes to go to sleep at night your bdsm experience should make you say damn that was good i'm so happy that i have discovered this this part of myself. I like this life and I want to know more. And again, the people that you engage in it with it should make you feel excellent. You should be on top of the world afterwards. But here, let's get into it, tasters. This is what BDSM play should not feel like. This is why, like I said, the whole um, Jonathan Major situation tied into it. You know, talking about strangulation and all that shit. It shouldn't feel uncomfortable. You should never be engaging in any type of kink play where you feel like, I don't know if, about this. As soon as you start feeling that way, express that. Express that to your partner. And one thing I've learned, never let whoever you are engaging in kink play with make you feel funny or corny or lame because you thought you could handle something that you cannot you said that you went into certain things. You might have thought that you went into it or would be into it. And when you started doing it with that person, it's like, you know what? I don't really like this anymore. That's discomfort. It shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Express that. And you should also be dealing with people where you don't feel weird about saying it. Again, they shouldn't be making you feel like some sort of cornball because you decided. You, 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 you threw in the towel like, you know what? I, I I thought I liked hanging from the fan blades, you know, with my ankles tied together with um, jump rope. I, I don't think I like this. Okay, just can you take me down? You shouldn't feel bad about that. Another thing that you should not feel is afraid. That is one of the worst feelings that can occur. During any type of sex play. 
especially kink play. When I say afraid, you should never feel like your safety is in danger. Like you might lose your life. That you could end up with an injury. Or that you might need to dial 911 or yell out for help or assistance. No one should ever during any type of kink play, sex play, I don't care what type of dom, sir, big daddy he is, you should never feel afraid. Anyway, Tay says, I'm going to sip on this soda. I'm going to take a short pause for the cause. Um, uh, I have a phone call that I need to return, and it's very important. But I'm really enjoying talking to you about this. And get your pens out. Like Erica Badu said, start writing it down. Because a lot of this stuff you may not know. You know, we got a lot of tasters out here think they know this sex from the top to bottom, tip to toe, and you don't. So, you know, again, get your pen and your pad out or your memo in your phone and take some notes. I'll be back in a sec. Hey, tasters, and Stella is back. In real life, real time, it has not been a few seconds. It's actually been over an hour. Um, I had to take a phone call. Then I took a shower, poured myself a glass of wine. And um, just to let you in on the wine, it's that wine that I mentioned that my Batman presented to me a few weeks ago. It's a Stella Rosso by the Stella Company. And you know one thing I will say about Stella? Their wines are very weak. You know, they're pretty, they're cute, they come in nice bottles, but they're pretty weak. And um, this one is supposed to be a semi-sweet red. It's very sweet. And a lot of Stella wines, well, I can't say a lot. The one or two that I've tried, they taste carbonated, like almost like soda. Like you can really just, um, I feel like with the Stella wines, you need to add a shot of vodka to it if you want a real buzz and turn it into a homemade teleport. Yeah, shout out to my boy Jay who sent me a link to this bartender on IG who actually does that. So anyway, let's go back to the kinky talk, the BDSM and the kinky play. And I was speaking about what it shouldn't feel like. So as I left off, we were talking about feeling afraid. Again, you shouldn't feel afraid. It shouldn't feel like anything that you're participating in with the person as far as kinks or sex overall should never feel like something that again you need to call the cops about it shouldn't feel like a crime is being committed against you and let's talk about letting people just talk you into certain kinks have you all experienced that taste as my men and my women men have you ever had women i noticed lately the the shit that's going around speaking of shit anal play For some reason lately, people are being very vocal about all of this anal play that they're into. Again, not judging, just talking, detailing. And especially women, they they got this thing going on. I've seen quite a few women where they want to touch men's assholes during um kink playing sex playing. You know, it's a balance of men who feel like, hey, you know, I could, you know, I'm interested. And a lot of men, it's like, I'm not into that. And I've heard there was a podcast that I was taking a peek at and somebody had shared to me. And um, as a matter of fact, it wasn't a podcast somebody shared to me. I was actually watching Heart of Soft, one of my favorite podcasts. And it was a young lady on the podcast who said that she's into anal play with men. And she actually kind of springs it on them. You know, what you think about that, Tasters? Hey, to my, my men that are listening, what you think about women springing anal play on you? You like that? Well, I brought that up because I was talking about um, 
what you shouldn't just allow people to talk you into during kink play and any of the sex play. It should be something, whatever you're getting into. Let's just say that, okay, I'm going to take it way back. Years ago, when I was very, very, very young and very, very um, curious about sex, I had come across a BDSM book and the story was very graphic. It was about this um, couple that was in the sex play and they would go to these wild kink parties and one of the doms in the kink party that they went to had this thing where he would take his subs pubic hair. He would spread her out in front of an audience, put lighter fluid on her pubic hairs or oil, body oil, and set her pubic hairs on fire. And she loved it. She enjoyed it. Now, um, I can tell you right now, tasters, I don't want flaming coochie hairs. I, I wouldn't enjoy that. And I am never going to allow any man who happens to be into that to tell me that I should try it and that I'd like it if I tried it. I told you years ago, I was dating a guy and he pulled the banana out during sex. And it was like, well, what are you supposed to be doing with that? Is that supposed to go up my ass or inside me? I just didn't want a a big, thick, unripened banana anywhere in me. It, it just didn't sound sexy and it didn't sound like fun. So again, you should just not allow people to talk you into any kink that you're just really not into. Like certain shit you just don't want to try. And I know as human beings, we have a habit of doing that. Like, no, you'll like it. Just try it. Um, nah, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't like it. And they they shouldn't try it. And they shouldn't be made to feel that they aren't fun and they're not a good time because they don't want to try it. Like, I'm always a good time. I don't give a fuck whether it's a banana up the ass or not. I know how to have a nice time and I know how to enjoy myself without certain kinks. And also, um, let's talk about the trust factor. When you're messing around with kinks, especially the bondage part, and the sadism part, you know, when a sadist, they like to bring pain. You have to be with a person or people that you know you can trust. And one of the first questions that should be asked is what makes you trust this person or these people? Like, is there a history? Did you do a background check? Is this somebody that you had good, fun sex with? For a while and you feel like, hey, you know, I could step into that realm with them. I want to explore that other side. Or is it somebody that you just met and right away you just, you know, again, some people, their energy and their aura is just trusting. Like you feel like you can believe in them and that nothing can happen to you. But then, like I said, you have to ask yourself why, because I'm sure that for every woman who was able to trust and every man who was able to trust their kink partner, there's somebody out here who did trust their kink partner when they shouldn't have and ended up, you know, taped down inside the trunk of someone's car, abandoned, left for dead. You know, I apologize that I had to get this graphic with it, but that's really what goes down. And um, I also wanted to speak about being public about your sexual wants and needs. And this is especially for my ladies. I mentioned this before. Be careful of what you expose about yourself sexually 
on social media, any platform, be it TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, because you're going to get what you're going to get. You will get people who respond to whatever you said. Okay, case in point, there was a young lady, a friend shared a video to me, a young woman who blatantly let the world know that she is looking for a sexual experience that makes her feel destroyed. You hear me taste this? Destroyed. She wants her body to feel so battered, beaten, bruised, and broken. All the bees after the sex. She wants an experience like she's never had. And she feels that sexually she has not met her match. And let me tell you something about saying out loud publicly that you want to be destroyed. Be careful what you wish for. And again, tread lightly, especially my women. Because, you know, we we aren't as, you know, when it comes to defending ourselves, we're women. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to get back and forth about this, um, you know, the gender roles and gender wars and shit. Women are women and men are men. Now, when a man puts it out there that he wants somebody to destroy him and take him down, I feel like he's pretty safe. You're going to meet some woman that's going to act like she's wild. She might pull out a whip or a chain and you'll have a little fun. And I feel as women, when you're sitting online in front of a camera and telling the world how you are looking for sex that makes you feel like you've been destroyed, again, be careful what you put out there and what you wish for because everybody ain't cool. Everybody is not looking to make you feel safe, sane, and comfortable. And and, and it's not going to be consensual. You will really run into an asshole who says, hey, you know, you said you want to feel destroyed. And while you are engaging in these so-called kinky acts or this wild sex with them, will really just boil their fists up and Punch you in your face. Try to break your jaw. And we'll look at you and say, you, I thought you said you liked it rough. You said you was looking to be destroyed. So, yeah, be careful. And I wanted to um, let you all know, Tasters, the reason why this topic, um, why this was the main course today and was very important to discuss. You know, it's um, we're getting close to summertime. This is going to be the first year in all the years since the pandemic hit us where there are no COVID regulations. You know, you can just walk about like you want to. Masks are no longer regulated. It's not a mandate. Um, you don't have to be vaccinated or prove that you're vaccinated to go to certain venues, restaurants, and bars. You don't have to sit outside on the sidewalk anymore. So you can do things. It's going to be a lot of people walking around looking to get into a lot of things that they felt closed off from for the past three years. Again, just watch yourselves. Be very careful. And this also came up because I'm going to put this out there. Very recently, there was a really popular male. He was a very popular male on social media who was one of these, um, you know, let's just say he called himself the kink professor. His thing was teaching like, you know, real kinky playtime sex, doing all the shit, tying you up, stringing you up, taping you and, and, and doing all the positions and how to spank and all this other shit. Well, anyway, apparently 
Um, he charged for his services. He would hold sessions, post videos and everything. And there was a woman that he had a session with. They were supposed to be recording together. It might have been a class or, you know, video for, just for content. And she shared an email to different sites detailing that this man, um, he went too far. He took it too far. He sexually assaulted her. Honestly, what it sounds like is rape. What she said in her email is, I never agreed within our kink play that penetration would be allowed. And when you did that, I was really devastated. The least you could have done was apologize. You hearing me, tasters? She sent this man an email because apparently when she confronted him about what happened, he wasn't sorry. And after that, and this was a guy that I used to follow. I got to be real. I thought he was cool. I thought he was sexy. He looked like a lot of fun. You know, there were actually people that I am cool with that I have been around and party with in real life, real time who have posted videos with him. They have content with this man who has completely erased himself from the social media universe after this incident. But there's one thing that um struck me about this young woman's email. You know, I just want to say peace and love and light to this woman that suffered this crime because it is a crime. When a man does anything or a person does anything to you sexually that you not only did not consent to, but you put it out there that you did not want and did not like, especially when it comes to things like penetration, that's a crime. It should be arrested. It really bothered me the part of the email where she mentioned you could have at least apologized because it makes me wonder how many women said that to this asshole before and he did apologize. And then he apologized again when he did it again. And he got away with it two, three more times to the point where maybe he doesn't take what he does seriously and never gave a fuck. Because trust me, um, a man that sticks his penis into you after you already let him know that's not what you want and then apologizes for it when you complain, he's not sorry. He's only sorry that you're mentioning it. He's sorry because he wants you to shut up and even bigger sorry if you are threatening to get the authorities involved in any way, be it the police or an attorney, uh, shit like that. And, and it's really fucked up. That's why I said with this kinky play, you just have to watch yourself. And also, you know what I discovered about um, BDSM and all the fetishes and kink and adult play? It doesn't always have to lead to or end up in sex sexual intercourse. I never knew that. I always thought that with all of that stuff, like I always thought that when people were going to dungeons and paying mistresses and doms and all of that, that everybody was fucking and apparently not. But you know what? That is, is good to know. Like you can really engage in kink play or if you have a fetish, you know, fetishes are totally different. You get what I mean? You might be somebody like that's into balloons like if you watch the hardest soft podcast that i was on i um i detailed my fetish i'm not going to talk about it here if you want to know go to hardest soft scroll down on their timeline to until you see stella belafonte click on the episode and you'll find out my fetish but anyway you it it doesn't all have to end in sex so speaking of ending it, I'm going to end it right here. And as far as uh, I know you fucking lying, you know what I'm going I'm going to ask you to do? 
go back to my second episode, Some of Shame, especially to my new tasters, and I will detail an experience that I had with a so-called relationship expert who actually turned out to be heavy into the BDSM culture and what my experience was with him. So that is Tasty Top Picks, episode two, Summer of Shame. And to my new tasters, you know, might be a fun listen for you all because then you can see how shaky I was back then. And um, that's it. I enjoyed this episode, this recording. I'm going to finish sipping on this semi-sweet bubbly. It shouldn't be bubbly, but it tastes like it got bubbles in it. Like I said, Stella just tastes carbonated to me. And again, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or tasty topics that you want me to touch on, please send me an email at mizironbox at gmail.com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. And let me know what type of fetishes, kinks, a BDSM, a sex player you into? Would you like me to explore those topics even further? Because I guess I got a little preachy on this one, but I needed to. It was definitely about um being safe. So let me know. And it was good talking to you, tasters. Take care. Bye. Oh.